Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. If you use a smart speaker, you can always ask Alexa to enable the SOS radio skill. Prayer is not about getting God to give us stuff. It's about becoming who we're made to be, a reflection of Jesus in the world. And that's a quote from Derwin Gray, and he's a best-selling author and an NFL veteran who's played with the Colts and the Panthers. He's on the phone today at SOS Radio. Hey, Derwin. How's it going? Doing well. Now, what was the one thing that you totally misunderstood about prayer when you were playing in the NFL? Because I don't think you were even a Christian at that time, were you? No, I was not. And so for me, my first exposure to like the Lord's Prayer was right before the game. We'd come in after pregame, coach would say a few words, and then a bunch of guys would go into the shower, get down on one knee, the Catholic priest would be, be there, the Protestant chaplain would be there, and we'd all say the Lord's Prayer, and then we'd get up and go, yeah, let's go kill him, you know. And so I had no idea what the words meant. It was more like a good luck charm, more of like if I pray this prayer, maybe I'll play good in the game. And so it was very one-way, very transactional. I really had no idea the beauty and the simplicity and the transformative power of the Lord's Prayer. And so that was kind of like my first experience was, okay, if I say these magic words, then God will do magical things through me. And so it was really a deficient view of prayer. You know, it's interesting when you think about the Lord's Prayer, it's sort of a model prayer when you break it down, isn't it? It is. Yeah. When you think about it, so Jesus' disciples asked him, like, teach us to pray. And they could have asked him anything. They could have asked him, hey, uh, you know, give me a new car, give me a new camel. I don't know. But but they asked the question that we should ask, you know, it's the most important question. Lord, would you teach us to pray? And he literally says, therefore, when you pray, you should pray like this. And that word prayer, the way the word pray, the way it's written in that sentence in Greek is like a, a continuous habitual pattern. The way I describe it is the Lord's Prayer is choreography so we can dance to the rhythm of God's grace. So it opens with our Father, then it moves into God being holy, it moves into His kingdom, then it moves into give us our daily bread, then it moves into forgiveness to forgive, and then it moves into power to overcome evil. And so when you look at the Lord's Prayer, number one, it is a mini catechism of Jesus's life. And then number two, it's a portrait of the life that we are created to live by God's power. So therefore, prayer is not about getting stuff. It's actually about becoming who God has created us to be so that his kingdom can come to earth as it is in heaven. So instead of using God, we begin to worship God. Instead of asking God for stuff, we begin to ask God for more of himself, and he provides us with what we need so that we can join him in pointing forward to that great future, which his kingdom will fully be here on earth. Prayer can be challenging, it can be confusing, and we're talking about it with Derwin Gray today at SWS Radio, and he's a pastor in the Charlotte area, best-selling author and an NFL veteran. I'll tell you what, when you think about prayer, a lot of times we're asking God for stuff. We're thinking about, God, what can you do for me? But when we're praying and we get this, when we get to this place, we can wrap our head and our heart around the fact that, wait, I'm a flawed person and I've been invited into a personal relationship with Jesus and I get to communicate with a perfect holy God, even though I'm still flawed. You get some breakthrough when you understand that. Absolutely. And that was kind of like the big thing for me. And so I know that there are listeners now 
in Montana, which my wife, she's from Darby, Montana. Her mother, Nancy Neville, actually lives in Hamilton, Montana right now. And so we go out there twice a year. And when I'm out there and I'm, I'm hiking up the mountains, I'm seeing all this beauty. And it reminds me just of our father. Think about how great and loving our father is. And there's nothing like a Montana night because you can actually see the stars. And when you see the stars, you're reminded of the verse that says that as high as the heavens are, so great is his love for us. And so prayer is more about intimacy, which is into me. You see that the Father wants us to see him, and the Lord's prayer unfolds what he looks like and what we can become like by his grace. And so God already knows what we need, and prayer is not about changing God's mind. It's about aligning our wills to His will. We're talking about what it takes to find prayers that God answers or asking questions that help us to understand God rather than just get what we want from Him. And we're talking with Derwin Gray today at SWIS Radio. You know, a few years back, LifeWay Research found that about one in four people that were polled, they said that God always answers their prayers. About one in five said God answers their prayers most of the time. Maybe those numbers seem a little high, like for me, because I pray some really dumb stuff sometimes, but you make the case in your book that there's one prayer that God always answers every time, Derwin. Mm-hmm. And that prayer is the Lord's Prayer. The Lord will answer the prayer for intimacy with the Father, through the Son, by the Spirit. The Lord's prayer will answer the prayer that we see God as beautiful and sacred. The Lord's prayer will answer the prayer that His kingdom would be revealed through us. The Lord's prayer, when we say, give us this day our daily bread, God meets our needs, not our greeds. And our access is someone else's needs who doesn't have enough. And then God will grant us forgiveness and God will grant us the power to forgive. And then God gives us power to not submit to Satan and his accusatory enticements and temptations. The Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done. Like death has been defeated. Sin has been defeated. The dark powers have been defeated. And God answers that prayer. And so prayer is God saying, I want to do something in you. I want to give you a heart and a mind like my son, because we are the answer to someone's prayers. As we're formed by the Lord's prayer, and he's answering those prayers, we actually become conduits of God's grace and God's mercy. And he's always surprising us with not what we greed, but with what we need. And the thing is, if whatever God provides, he will give us the grace to live in his provision. You know, and it's interesting when we're saying, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And as your kingdom comes and your will be done, it's like, wait a second. I'm not asking God to build my empire or just to do things for me. I'm asking him to invite me into the work that he's doing to build his kingdom And we want to bring that to earth as much as is in heaven. We don't just want to live for the future, but hey, bring this in today. How do we be a part of what you're doing today? Brother, if we as followers of Jesus understood the beauty and the maturity of that prayer, the world would literally change. Heaven would indeed come to earth, not in its full glory, because that won't happen until Jesus returns, but greater glimpses of that would take place. Because think about it. God is the smartest. God is the most loving. God is the most kind. God is God. And so what better prayer to pray than God, your will be done. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. 
I'm not skilled enough. God, your will be done. And like I tell people at Transformation Church, where I'm the co-founder and lead pastor, is this. I said, listen, when you pray, Lord, your will be done on earth as is in heaven, get ready because God is going to stretch you. He's going to move you from comfort to being uncomfortable. And he's going to do things in you and through you that you never thought were possible because he's the God of him possible. There are a lot of Christians who are stagnant in their faith because they're praying for comfort. And God is going, you don't grow in comfort. You grow in uncomfortability. It's like when you're training, if you had a personal trainer who said, hey, today you're not going to sweat. You're going to eat Krispy Kreme donuts and you're going to drink sugary drinks and you don't have to stretch or exercise. You're not going to sweat. That is a terrible trainer. Well, God is a trainer of love. And he's given us spiritual muscles because we're the body of Christ. God moves on earth through his people. And prayer is the engine of that movement. We're talking with Derwin Gray today at SWS Radio, and he's an author. He's a pastor in the Charlotte area, even played in the NFL with the Colts and the Panthers. And Derwin, did playing in the NFL actually help you have a healthier identity of yourself, or did it make your true identity feel even more complicated? So I wouldn't have been able to even answer that question as a 21-year-old. But this is one thing that I did know. Early on, I understood that the NFL stands for not for long. (laughs) So even if you play 10 years and you get done, you're 31 years old, you're still young. And so the longer I played, the more success I got playing, the more I realized that football could not fulfill me, money could not fulfill me, fame could not fulfill me, my wife could not fulfill me, accomplishing my dreams could not fulfill me. I needed something that was eternal. I needed something that was greater than what I could do, and only Jesus Christ fits that bill. And so football actually has helped me now as a pastor. God has given our church incredible success. My books have been successful. And playing in the NFL and being successful without Jesus is not good, and I never want to experience that again. So what the NFL taught me, yes, I learned hard work. I learned teamwork. I've done some cool things. I love the sport. But it taught me that outside of Jesus, I'll never be fulfilled. Outside of Jesus, I'll never tap into my purpose. I won't have the inner healing that I was created to experience. So what happened, Derwin, for you to go to that place to say, you know what, I'm crushing it, I'm rocking it, I'm playing, I'm working, and yeah, there's some stuff here that's not quite hitting the way that I was hoping, but I need more, and God came into your life. What happened? Yeah, I met a naked preacher, and what I mean by that is I had a teammate, and his name was Steve Grant. He was a linebacker on the team, and every day after practice, he'd take a shower, he would dry off, and he would wrap a towel around his waist, and he'd get his Bible, and he'd ask my teammates, do you know Jesus? And in my mind, I was like, do you know you're half naked? And so, yeah, I tried to avoid him. And one day he asked me a question that changed my life. He said, "Uh, Rookie D. Gray, do you know Jesus? And that began a five-year relationship. And over the course of that time, I became externally successful, but I couldn't love my wife the way she deserved to be loved. I couldn't forgive my dad who abandoned me. I lived with fear of who I would be outside of the NFL. And on August 2nd, 1997, my fifth year in the NFL in the small dorm room in Anderson, Indiana, at Anderson College, it was training camp with the Indianapolis Colts. After lunchtime, I walked to my dorm room and it was just a gaping chasm in my soul. 
And I got to my dorm room and I called my wife and I said, I want to be more committed to Jesus and I want to be committed to you. And at that moment, that's when I was loved, no strings attached. I was overwhelmed with the fact that somebody like Jesus would love me knowing every single thing about me. And for three nights after practice, I just wept and I cried with the thought of, how could he love me? How could he love me? And the more I've gotten to know him, the question is, how could he not love me? Because he is love. And it was like, I want the world to know this. The world needs to know this, that the love they're looking for is found in Jesus. Now, last year, the number of worldwide Google searches for prayer increased to the highest level ever recorded. And there was a new story about it recently. Derwin, I love how the book of Hebrews basically says, you know, let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we can receive his mercy and find his grace to help us in our time of need. What have you noticed about confidence when you're approaching God? Well, first of all, what I would say is that's a beautiful question, and it's a question that most people are afraid to ask, because we still view God as someone who is waiting to catch us doing something wrong, instead of a God who's captivated us because Jesus did everything right. Jesus was the right because we were so wrong. Jesus is the good enough. Jesus is our acceptance. And so therefore, the only reason that we can go to God's throne room of grace and mercy with confidence is because Jesus on the cross, he tore the veil for the Jewish people in the holies of holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was, where God's sacred presence was. Only the high priest could go in there one time a year. Well, when Jesus died on the cross, he tore that veil down, and now we have access to our Father because we're in Jesus. The way the Father loves Jesus is the way he loves us. Everything that's true about Jesus is true about us, not because we deserve it, but because he gave us grace. That's what makes grace so amazing. And so we can approach our Father. He is never too busy. He's not on 5G. He's on eternity, which means before we ever called his name, he heard us. And so we can approach with boldness and confidence because of who we're approaching with. We're approaching with Jesus. He's holding us by his nail-pierced hands, and he's saying, Dad, one of your children wants to talk to you. And the father says, of course, my son, because of you, they're my sons and daughters, and I love them, and they're highly favored. It's so interesting, too, because even when you think about the Christmas story, and we have all that coming up, and you think about Jesus being born as this little baby, there's also a father in the picture here. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, as we prepare for Christmas and throughout history, Christians have called it Advent, right? The arrival, the waiting, the coming. I love how God fulfills his promises because for generations, hundreds and hundreds of years, there was a promised Messiah. And it's important for us as followers of Jesus to understand that when Jesus came to earth, he came as a Jew who were being oppressed by the Romans. The Jewish people were not free. The Romans ran Israel. And so when the Jewish people were looking for a Messiah, they were looking for a Messiah who would basically kick the Romans out of Israel, which is the promised land. But Jesus comes to do something so much greater than kick the Romans out of Israel. He came to bring Romans and Jews and Gentiles and everybody else into the family of God so we can learn to love each other. At the end of the day, when you look at the Lord's Prayer, 
It's about how to interact with a loving God so you can represent Him in an unloving world. Now, when it comes to prayer, there's hearing and there's listening. And we're talking with Derwin Gray today at Swiss Radio, and he's played with the Colts. He's played with the Panthers. He's also a pastor in the Charlotte area. But when it comes to Christmas, what can we learn about prayer by digging into the Christmas story? You know what we can learn about prayer is I want everybody to look at Luke chapter 1, verses 67, and I think it goes to like 78 maybe, and it's the story of Zechariah. So Zechariah is an older, faithful Jewish man, and he's been waiting for the Messiah, and his words that Luke records, enhanced and informed and strengthened by the Holy Spirit, you see this beautiful story of what Jesus came to do. But the baby, right? The baby comes to be a human being because as humanity, we failed. And so Jesus gets a passing grade for us. But he's also come to defeat the evil in the world so that we can learn how to be good to each other through the gospel. And it's important in this Christmas season to do a lot of listening to God. And what I mean by that is read scripture and just listen, not like for an audible voice, but let the Word of God search your heart. And it's so hard to do in this day and age because we're always plugged in. Silence and solitude is a good thing. Oftentimes, we can't hear from God because we're too busy. Busy is an acronym that means being under Satan's yoke. One of the greatest tools that the enemy has in the 21st century world is to keep us distracted. We're always busy, 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 busy. And it's like, well, what are we actually doing? And is what we're doing actually enhancing the inner core of our being? So this Christmas, instead of getting caught up and shopping, get caught up in this incredible story of a lovesick father who sends his eternal son so that his, his eternal son can win more sons and daughters. Well, we're talking with Dr. Derwin Gray today at Swiss Radio, and he has a new book. It's called God, Do You Hear Me? Discover the Prayer That God Always Answers. Hey, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Derwin. It's been a pleasure, man. Keep doing what you're doing. This has been a pure, pure joy. Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS Radio. If, if you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word.